Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michelle, and today we're going to be talking about the new moon in Cancer One. I am joined here today by my good friend Sam Bellier. How you doing, Sam? How you doing there, friend? I am doing well. Just playing with some technology of my own, <laughs> trying to mute the video as it goes live. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, doing good. Just so excited to talk about the best zodiac sign. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yes, I, I can't argue with you there. I know that uh, some people in the modern pop astrology would, we get dragged as actually quite often. Quite but, a bit. But uh, that's okay. Well, we're, we're here to show you the, the, the pros and the cons and uh, have a realistic viewpoint. Um, so thank you everyone for joining us here today. If you are joining us in the, the live chat here today, feel free to put a comment in the chat box. Let us know where you're stopping in from. Um, I'm looking at people joining us. We've got Remco here from the Netherlands. Rachel is here stopping by, I believe, from Ireland. Andrea is here from Croatia. Uh, Sam is saying hi, <laughs> like Meta saying hi in the chat. Lynn is here from Vermont. Uh, so thank you so much, friends, all of you for joining us. I love how, how uh, cosmopolitan and um, international this, this crowd is that we have here. And I hope that we'll be able to guide guide you today and bring maybe some peace of mind and some some challenging times. Uh, Sam, <laughs> we're going through some stuff here already, aren't we? Um, so much stuff. Yeah, it's it's a little bit heavy. It was a little bit. This talk is might be a little heavier than I originally anticipated, but I think that um, hopefully our Cancerian sensitivity is going to be able to to bring us through it. Um, so. I'm seeing a few more people stopping in. Morton Wild here. Hello, friend. Is stopping in from Somerset, UK. Welcome. Um, and another fellow Cancerian is dropping by. Rachel is here as well. So, Sam, let introduce yourself to our, to our audience here. You, you have been on the show before, and I have to say, I really enjoyed our talk the last time you were here. Like I was, you you really. I knew you were talented, but I was really surprised at your the depth of your knowledge, and it was. One of my favorite shows so I, I just wanted to give you that compliment right away so oh right in the feels um <laughs> so thank you uh thank you for having me on again spencer i yeah. just absolutely adore um being able to chat with you and to uh kind of give content to the community that you've created uh for those of you who have not seen the previous episode go check that out uh for more spencer sam dialogue uh but if you would like to follow me i'm on instagram and facebook i got pretty famous for doing a daily horoscope uh where i break down the daily astro weather as well as do kind of a one or two line snippet for people who don't like the astro babble um and i also uh teach astrology do consultations uh do a lot of intuitive work a lot of body work as well as where my background is in um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. And you're joining us from Florida. Is that right? Are you still yep. out of Florida? Cool. Yep. Tampa, Florida, mid-state. Okay. And you have a, a interesting class you were telling me about that is coming up. Oh yeah. So, um, one of the things that I'm working on right now, um, all of my fellow gardeners will just absolutely love this. I'm working on a magical gardening class, which will be a year long, uh, monthly class that's totally online. And it's entitled magical gardening, growing through the Zodiac where we'll, we'll be looking at the different planets, the different signs, the different myths behind them, spiritual practices, ritual and magical 
things that we can do to connect with the lands, to connect with different archetypes of spirit and ourselves. So that's the that's the thing I'm chewing on right now. Very cool. Yeah, that is speaking to my Cancer Sun Taurus Moon heart here. So that sounds like a very cool class. I was uh, when you told me about this a little earlier, I was like, whoa, that sounds very, very cool. So check that out on Sam's website. What is your website that we can find you on, Sam? Uh, it's just sambellier.com. Okay. So check out sambellier.com, Garden Through the Zodiac, uh, which I think is maybe a, a getting our hands into the dirt and, and grounding ourselves might be really important as we move forward through what may be a challenging year or, or times ahead, I think, on some level here for sure. Um, yeah, and, and if you want to uh, support some of the projects I've got in the hopper as well, um, I have my Decans of Cancer webinar that's coming up on July the 16th. So there is a link in the description of this video or wherever you are consuming this content to sign up for that and register for that. I look forward to working with all of you there. We're going to go over some of the deep dive in cancer, a lot of the things that we talk about today. But if you want to get a more in-depth uh, conversation with all things Cancerian, Tarot, Deccans, myth, all of those things. That's the place to find it uh, for, for my take on it. Um, you can also sign up for uh, the email list if you want to know when we're doing these, uh, these live streams and um, when, if you want to be able to figure out when new classes are coming along. So the business stuff here. Also today, what the last thing I'll say is the, the, the best thing you can do is just being here with your presence today. So I really appreciate all of you here. But a huge favor that you can do us today is hitting the like button on this video that helps this message get out to the more people into the algorithm. If you're new here, please subscribe to the channel. And if you feel so inclined and want to make a material donation to the work that we're doing here today, there's a little dollar sign in the chat box. It's called a super chat or a super sticker. Or you can make a donation at buymeacoffee.com. All right, business business stuff has been taken care of. Um, we've got a few more friends stopping by, Sam. I want to give them a shout out. Uh, Aligning Light Astrology, Dr. Claire Moon is here uh, joining us from southern Wisconsin. So I'm um, happy to see you here as well. And Jenny Kane is also joining us from Wisconsin. So our our Wisconsin crew is is here today. Go, go Packers, go Bucks. And <laughs> my grandparents are from Milwaukee. And if you know anything about Cancerians, not all Cancerians are sports fans, but all Cancerians have something that they're loyal to, probably from <laughs> their childhood, whatever it is, uh, or a fond memory that, that they are, are, you know, continually want to bring back into their life. Do you have anything like that, Sam? Pokemon, 100%. No hesitation. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. You know, good memories that we've attached to it, like, oh, that's my happy place, right? <laughs> very, very nice. Okay. All right, so Sam, let's let's start diving into this uh, this new moon that we have here. Um, we're going to be experiencing, and I'll pull the chart up in a second. But our new moon is going to be on June the twenty eighth at ten fifty two p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at seven degrees of Cancer. Um, we have a square with Jupiter in Aries. The moon is out of bounds. We'll talk about all these things, but big picture thoughts about this this lunation where we're at astrologically, culturally, what, whatever, what is crossing your mind about all this right now? There's so much happening, not just because of the Jupiter new moon square, but also because it's happening within the context of having Mercury and Venus in Gemini. Um, and also we have this kind of spread of the chart where certain planets are only able to see other planets visually. And so 
we're getting half the story uh, in some cases. And there are certain boons like Venus making a sextile to Jupiter. That's really, uh, we'll talk about that with the mythology of Nike. Um, this, this concept of everybody's got strength in different places. We just might not be able to access the same strengths as other people right now. But I think as a whole, the new moon is really sensitizing us. It's asking us to sensitize, to yeah. be in a certain amount of pain and shedding and vulnerability right now and allowing that to be what it is and to not try to shell or guard away from that, but instead to allow that to inspire action. A lot of people forget that although cancer is a water sign and Christ at the drop of a hat and is super sensitive and very heart focused, we are still cardinal baby. We That's are right. still action-oriented leaders that want to inspire a moving forward. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that means sitting in your feelings with the most awareness and sponging everything in. And we're not pushovers either. <laughs> That's what people need to get. <laughs> like We are people, people pleasers, not yeah. pushovers. There is right. a difference. That's true. I, I, I am guilty of that. I will say that we are sensitive and nurturing until the people we really care about are threatened and then <laughs> pray for you. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, I tell all of my clients that when yeah. a cancer is angry, it's, it's mama bear, right? It's, it's aggressive. The claws are sharp. There is an amount of weight behind it. That is just so intense. And people are like, where did this come from? Yeah. It's like, it's been under the shell the whole time, buddy. It's instinctual. It's, it's yeah. like this, it's the, this raw force that can get tapped into. And I think that's one of my big picture thoughts with this, I think, is that in the news with the the Supreme Court ruling that we are all processing, I think, at this point, that has touched a nerve, I think, in not only in America, but around the world about personal sovereignty and about the body, which the moon is related to and, and our, our rights regarding that. And I think that we're seeing this this mama bear energy has has risen, you know, and people are like surprised at where like where is this coming from? It's like, well, like you said, it's been there, you know, and and it's 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 being tapped into, and I I, I find that uh, really fascinating as how we can harness that towards um, I don't know towards towards movement towards um, utilizing that energy in a way that can be productive and and actually maybe change the tide towards. Uh, maybe back towards uh, equality, autonomy, and things of that nature. So that was something that, you know, Sam and I were discussing earlier too, is how do we direct this energy that has been awakened um, for the good of the whole and in the, the most e efficient and effective way possible as well, right? And I love that all of this is happening while we have Mercury in Gemini and Venus in Gemini spreading the word, putting it on every news channel, every social media platform is just buzzing about it so that when you have conversations with people that you're close to and you expose their beliefs, their pain, their struggle about what's happening right now, it induces a productive dialogue. And sometimes that means mama bear splits your throat and you don't get back up. Yeah. And um, that's justified, you know, but other times that means having a bonding and a connection and a rallying together uh, because that kind of Gemini energy is spreading the word and kind of getting the, the, the word out through those wavelengths. Yeah, you know, and, and a couple of things just technically, 
this new moon is on a fixed star called Mirzum, which is called the announcer. So like, it's all about like, you know, making proclamations and announcements, but, but before something more intense happens because Mirzum was a star, fixed star that came before Sirius in Canis Major, which was a, a, a very important fixed star about the return of fertility to the, to the Nile River Valley. So maybe this is, you know, studying Taoism and, and spirituality and, and some of these wisdom traditions, a lot of the time it, things feel the darkest before, before the dawn, right? And maybe this is something that is, is, a, is a, a spark, you know, to, to make a change that is much bigger uh, I don't know. Do you, do you feel that energy too about how we find balance throughout this? I feel like right now, although Jupiter and Aries is pushing for a lot of action, pushing for a lot of explosive incitement and yeah. aggressive and warlike feelings, um, when Mars and Jupiter conjoined in Aries, that was such a powder keg. That was right. such a, just a debauchery of fire. Um, I think this new moon in Cancer is really just asking us to step into that vulnerability and to cry and to sob and to feel grief and to let that grief be shared in an authentic way. Um, but that doesn't necessarily need to be turned into or transmuted into action at this time. It needs to sink in. Yeah, you know, yeah. people need to feel that vulnerability um, because if you don't feel that completely, then change cannot occur internally. You're mm -hmm. gonna be guarding or uh, kind of deflecting some of that, some of that needed sensitivity, some of that needed nerve stimulation. One of the things that we talk about in body work as well is that you should never try to get rid of your pain. You should always try to partner with it, to understand it, to let it guide you towards the feedback that you need in order to change the diet, move differently, see a different care provider, instead of just saying, well, this has to go away. At this point, it can't go away, it's here. You know, but if you don't lean into it completely, then you're not going to have the internal impetus to to make the action long term. Yeah, and that's something we'll get into with the I Ching today, too, because the I Ching, we have a hexagram 11 moving to 57 peace, moving to, to gentle, uh, gentle penetration, they call it, which is reflective of the wind and the need to maybe uh, utilize our action orientated impetus in a way that is for the long term rather than maybe burning ourselves out like like those Aries planets may be apt to do where this solution the, the problem has been coming for a long time like the, the the people that are in favor of the actions that have been taking place in the last week or so have been planning this for decades and you know we're getting to the point where all of that corruption is starting to rise to the surface and it's going to take uh, it's going to take time to like maybe unravel that potentially and to hopefully return us back to a state of equilibrium. So, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes you, you, you have a problem that, that didn't happen overnight and <laughs> the solution doesn't happen overnight either. Right. And I think that, um, I'm, I've been thinking about just like how to sustain the energy that's necessary to, to be able to create lasting change uh, that we're, everyone I think is hoping for on some level. Um, so yeah, just, yeah, a lot to process, just sit with your feelings. It, it isn't lost on me either, uh, Sam, that 
some of that news came out during like a, a last quarter balsamic moon phase. And now we have to kind of sit, process, and then there may be some new actions after we've processed that at the new moon that unfold over that lunar cycle as well, right? Yeah. The when we look at the lunar cycle of the summer, like we have the sensitizing cancer moon that pulls us into the feelings into the most yin part of us during the hottest time of the year. Yeah. But then we have the full moon in Capricorn, which is just like, okay, feelings are done. Action is now. Yeah. Um, and it is slow and sustainable action up the hill. It's doing the tough things, so the harvests, the, yeah. the, the dirty work that Capricorn thrives on the struggle, you know, of the tortoise, as opposed to the sprint of the hare. Yeah, but yeah. if we don't allow the sit, if we don't allow the suffering to consume us during the cancer new moon and to allow that to penetrate and to shape the work that we will be doing from here on out, then the new moon is lost on us. I think composure is the word that just comes up, right? Well, yeah, I, yeah but not confusing composure with that false mask of everything is okay. Everything's going to be okay. That's a good point. Yeah. Have the ugly cry and then, yeah. right? <laughs> and, then and then compose yourself. Yeah. There was a TikTok creator who um, unfortunately had their 18 year old child on the eve of his 19th birthday taken away from her. Mm -hmm. And it, it was right around the, uh, it was right around the Roe v. Wade announcement. And it was just, as I was reflecting on this talk about the new moon, it was the perfect example of how to be just in grief and in solidarity with people who are hurting yeah. and the maternal aspect and understanding, you know, now would be a great time to reevaluate the pain of the mother mm. and what that means. Um, because I don't know about you, but my family wasn't the best growing up. Uh, and so having, um, having this dialogue, this discussion about what it means to be in that, in that yin form of feminine pain yeah. and honoring that and really making space for that. Um, and that, that cannot come with external distractions. It has to be a fully internal process. It's not something you can really share easily, but you know, that's, that's kind of where we're at. Well, that that Cancerian backstory seems to be, uh, I've seen this a lot in clients. Um, there's a reason why I think a Cancer son or people that have very prominent Cancer placements desire to, to bring nurturing to others. A lot, of it, a lot of it is because they didn't receive that themselves and they realize that they have to learn to create it for themselves. And it's through some of the trauma, I think, that, you know, informs the, the empathy to be able to care for others. Um, it's not true for every single Cancerian person, but, it, but more, more often than not, I've seen that there's something that's like in there <laughs> that, that, that triggers it. You know, and, and this is, brings me back to, I was talking about this um, with uh, Melissa LaFara. I was on her podcast recently. To talk about cancer season and I, I i talked about mike tyson a little bit mm. and uh mike tyson's a cancerian and he he started fighting when he was younger because he was taking care of these pigeons he has these pigeons that he takes care of like now and like because he's 
wealthy and uh, he has thousands of pigeons that he cares for, that he knows all their names and everything. Like literally, like I think he has like a warehouse full of pigeons, but he had a few when he was growing up and, and a friend, not a friend, a, 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 a co, what would you call it? A tormentor took one of his pigeons, ripped its head off and threw it at him. And that was his, the impetus for his first fight. So there, one of the things that that's really bringing out to me is that the Cancerian archetype would rather, I think, avoid fighting. I don't think that that's our natural state of like, oh, we'd rather just go off and do our own thing and sidestep issues. But like Achilles, who is another archetype of Cancer, I think, you know, when something that we love and care about is taken away from us, that can be the impetus for the, the Cancerian person to look around and be like, all right, no one else is going to do this. I'm going to step up and I'm going to fight with every inch of my body like Mike Tyson did, like, you know, Rocky Balboa in the Rocky movies, who's another Cancerian archetype with St Sylvester Stallone. And I just find that really fascinating um, because it, it just really speaks to the ability to tap into that instinctual protective force, right? I mean, that, that's something that we, we, we really don't think about as much with cancer. We think about it as a mother, but the protection aspect of it. And I, I think that we are being called to action. Like society just ripped the head off our pigeon right now and threw it at us. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think that it's like, if that doesn't get you to step into the ring and whatever that looks like, you know, whatever that looks like um, for you, it doesn't have to look like uh, the same for everybody. There are many roles to play in in challenging times and but but to me that was something that was like wow that's a really interesting story because you look at mike tyson he went through all sorts of terrible stuff and he did some very terrible things too you know and but I'm, i won't erase any of that from from memory but you look at him and you're like man this guy he's really a dichotomy like he's so dangerous do you know what i mean he's one of the most dangerous individuals in sports ever but he also seems like he has this very sensitive, nurturing, caring side. And I, that paradox is something that I, it's always fascinated me with cancer in particular. Um, okay, so Sam, I'm looking at the chat and we'll pull up the chart here in a second. But uh, Andrea says, so true. My brother is a triple cancer, sun, moon, and ascendant and gets into mama bear energy, especially these days as a father and a cancer. You, you and your, my brother, your brother and me both, uh, Andrea, <laughs> like, uh, mothers, women, children have always been important to him. Yeah, I, I have a, 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 an adult, a newly minted adult daughter um, who is now of reproductive age. And um, this is something that I, I've been feeling like since that, that judgment came down with Roe v. Wade being eliminated. Uh, I've been feeling just very protective of my daughter and not that I wasn't before, but it's just, it's, it, you know, it's, it's the, it's the, the, the one act that gets you to be like, ah, <laughs> like, because at, at, at the end of the day, a lot of Cancerians would just rather just be like sitting in on their porch, watching the birds or drinking a lemonade or, or something like that. I think most of us would prefer that on some level, wouldn't, wouldn't we? Like just being able to have peace in our lives and go about our lives peacefully without conflict 
Um, maybe the Aries folks in the audience would disagree. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and Rachel says that rings true, Spencer, very often carrying Cancerian instinct comes after really going deep and sitting with one's own pain and then needing to act 100%. I love that Sam is bringing that up and being able to sit with that pain and trauma to get clear on, you know, just to feel it. Like this is the transition between Gemini and Cancer. It's not even just a, me a mental thought thing. It's a, it's a heart thing. You have to sit with it in your body, the moon, right? In the gut. Um, and Raven, Raven, who is, I believe, also a Cancerian, says some people forget crabs have claws. That's right. Don't you know, pinch, pinch your little pinchies. Um, and then Remco says, I, I believe also Remco is a Cancer too. Like, this is a Cancerian audience today. <laughs> like, amen to that. The urge to stand up and fight in protection when waters boil over is so real. Absolutely, Remco. Okay, Sam, I'm going to pull this chart up here and let's take a look at this here. Um, a couple other things I'm noticing, Sam, is that we have, you know, you were, you were talking about, here we're looking at the chart of June 28th, 2022, our, the exact time of our new moon. Um, you were talking about many planets that are kind of spread out over the zodiac, some of them witnessing one another, some of them not. And in traditional astrology, that witnessing quality is really important uh, for them to be able to have a conversation with one another. Mm -hmm. And I'm noticing, too, we've got four planets in their own home energy domiciles, right? right. With the moon, Mercury, uh, Mars, and Saturn. So there's a very pure expression of very different um, uh, wills, <laughs> right? What do you think yeah. about that with, this, with all this stack up here like that? So I love that the new moon cannot see the rationality of Saturn. Like Saturn and Aquarius retrograde is just so, is, is so mentally focused on rules and how games can be played and mental kind of um, codifications. And Cancer is just like not even, not even on the same page as that. But who is on that is Mercury. Mercury is getting ready to apply to that strong trine with Saturn and getting ready to discuss what are the legislative options? What are the conversations that need to be had? Um, and even Mars got a sextile from Saturn a couple days before the new moon. Uh, just Saturn saying, just stop, just slow down. And of course, uh, Mars will hear that as he enters Taurus and pump those brakes. And hopefully that will be a good grinding halt to some of this kind of aggressive Aries. Um, but I also love that um, in the midst of all of the seven degree square between Jupiter and the new moon, in comes Venus at seven degrees applying to a sextile with Jupiter to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, we don't need to spearhead I, a, a revolt. We don't need to take a single pointed militaristic cannon blast of an action at this time. No one thing is going to create that lasting change. Instead, Venus and Gemini says options, options abound. Let's reframe this. Let's look at this another way. Let's discuss what we can do, where we can move, what pieces are on the board, zooming out and zooming through the different kind of pages, perspectives, and facets of the diamond that is our reality right now. Whereas 
new moon in cancer is basically just in its feels and cannot see that behind the scenes dialogue, cannot yeah. see, cannot see that exchange between the air signs and how the air signs are trying to influence the fire, the fiery explosion, the venting that is Jupiter and Aries. I love that. I love that that's you know the 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 fact finding missions, right? The collecting of information to be able to have some kind of objective perspective moving forward because what what the cancerian moon was is speaking to as you were pointing out uh, you know, cancer is not a very uh, objective sign <laughs> you know? like, i mean we are many things but objective is probably not the first word to describe us so we're probably one of the most subjective signs because we're just like oh you know this is so personal we take everything personally so right. um so and and in turn we, you know, whenever we have the sun and the moon moving through a sign, the collective starts to reflect some of those, you know, values. And people are pointing out in the chat here about America being a Cancerian country. And I think that, you know, we've got a large European audience here today, but, but you know, try, America has a big effect on the world, obviously. And not that it's, I'm trying to you know, how do I not sound like an American isolationist, but also talk about the universality of, of the um, things that we're going through here, right? Um, there is a, oh man, I'm losing my train of thought here. There's a subject, subjectivity, there we go, back to American ideology that is very compartmentalized on some level. I was seeing people pointing out that because we had people coming here from other countries, some of them willingly others forced there's these very uh yeah different uh sects of kind of sect of different ideologies and it's sometimes it's very hard for to, to merge those together into one unified ideology and it feels like that's what we're seeing here today uh is just these some of these uh extreme positions subjective positions and then how does that how do we return to um, a more objective place. And, and it's, I will also point out that we're going through this, the Pluto return, uh, one of the exact hits of the Pluto return to America's chart as well. Um, but I like that you're pointing out that we do have one, one thing that we can look at in this chart that could be supportive with Venus and Jupiter. Um, I'm a little nervous about Mars moving into Taurus in particular because it's going to be eventually throughout the end of July applying to a, uh, a conjunction with Uranus and the North Node. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, uh, Saturn does is in the overcoming position to Mars, so it is it does have some power over Mars right now. And one of the things that I talked about in my July forecast, there was an I Ching that came up about shock. And this, I, I didn't know what it was at the time, but now I do. <laughs> like it talked about, it talked about shock that would reduce us to immobility. It says shock, then mud. So to me, it just, you could see it at the chart. You've got the shock and then you've got Mars moving into Taurus, which is like, we feel stuck. And, and one of the things that I've been working through the last few days, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on how to get out of this position. I think that my first reaction and my partner's first reaction was, depression you know was just how sweet just so sad i woke up that morning before that news came out and i just i this is another thing about being cancerian sometimes you feel things before they are rational and i felt so depressed in the morning like i just could barely get out of bed that day and then that news came out and i was like oh man 
And we've been talking about how sad and how like depressed we are about the state of things. And how do you get past that, that stuck position where you're losing hope? And how do you return to hope in that regard? Yeah, so we have to go back to the fundamental trait of cancer, which is giving care. And so one of the ways that I personally overcome a lot of depressive episodes is by offering service to others. That could be through volunteer work. That could be through, um, I know it seems counterintuitive because when you are feeling down, you don't necessarily feel like you have the space to be for be there for somebody who is also going through a hard time. But one of the things that cancers do is we immediately are able to transmute our worst heaviness for the sake of someone else. And so I find that servitude is really the best way to, to kind of move forward. And in some ways, this is where I'm going to jump on the side of that Jupiter and Aries and ask people to embody righteous action. So as you start to get into that place of feeling defeated and feeling like there is no light left in the room, you know, the best way that you can move forward is to spark action in a way that really reignites your personal ability to feel motivated and like you are contributing to the conversation. So we talked about this before, the idea that some people's Uh, righteous action will be on the streets. Some people will be in the middle of protests and riots and fighting the warrior's fight. However, some of that may manifest in the boardroom. Some of that may manifest in the family. Some of that may manifest in positions of power or just talking with neighbors, spreading the word um, and having deeper discussions. So I think, again, the way that we go from that yin to that yang is as simple as going from water to fire. We just have to raise our temperature a little bit, but raise it in a way that is constructive. Um, Often, if you have a spiritual practice, asking for where that energy can go. Um, One of the things that uh, I talk about a lot with anger and depression um, is that they're both emotions that don't have an outlet. depression is having the feelings, but having nothing to do with them. And then anger is the radicalized version of that holding on to feelings where it's like, I'm just so frustrated because you can't make the moves that you want. So in those two cases, the best thing to do is to discharge in a healthy way, in a supportive way, in a caregiving way and embody cardinal water. Mm, yes. And and I think that the square that we're seeing, which I think is one of the most uh, poignant um, relationships in this new moon between Jupiter and Aries and the new moon. Um, and it's, it's pretty, pretty close. I mean, it's within yeah. a couple minutes here. It just, it's really fascinating to me to see how reflective of this time period that that square in particular is. You know, we've got a first decan of Cancer, which reflects how we nurture others, how the relationships that we form with others to, to bring nurturing about. And you've got the first decan of Aries, which is really about separating, individuating, saying this is me and this is not me. Uh, you know, this kind of like severing, separating energy, martial energy, um, and having, you know, that conflict come up in regards to women's rights, mother's rights, things like that. It's just, it's just a really interesting reflection. I wanted to point out too that it, 
you know, in Hellenistic astrology, that overcoming planet sometimes can have a lot more power over the, the planets that it's making contact with. So, so to me, that, that, that gives us a little bit of a clue as to what kind of energy we may expect. I always look at Jupiter as like the, it's the, it's the actions that would bring honor and merit, you know, because it is of the solar sect. It says, okay, we are aware of what we need to do to create order on some level. Jupiter is a planet of order to me, actually, because Zeus was like overthrowing the old order and bringing peace to the land. So now Jupiter, to bring peace to the land, has to say, no, we have, we have this, you know, we have this sovereignty. We have the ability to uh, have a say when it comes to our own uh, autonomy and things of that nature. So maybe it will take a little bit of getting the, the Cancerian waters boiling a little bit. Um, but again, we, I think both Sam and I have been trying to point out that there's many different roles that that can take on. And we don't want to burn ourselves out in the short term um, because this is a long-term fight. I mean, there, here's, here's an example. Say you got really pissed off about this and you went and you, you had a, went to a, a protest. And then you, you, you expended all of your energy and then you went home and then you didn't do anything afterwards. But, I mean, that's one act and it's an important act. But at the same time, it might not be enough long-term to actually make realistic change, right? So like everybody's talking right now about over July 4th weekend, like July 4th weekend is canceled because of lack of independence. And I I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, And so everybody's like, well, yeah, sure. You could boycott companies. You could not shop. You could not travel, not celebrate that weekend. Yeah. But then what? Um, And one of the other things that we can't forget about Jupiter is that Jupiter has long been associated with religion and Mm -hmm. faith and spirituality. And so this idea of of kind of warrior-based righteousness um, is also part of that dynamic of the divine feminine being suppressed by the religious masculine structures of that kind of really souring historical theme and how we choose to take that conflict and understand that these uprisings have not just now effects, but these are echoes of things that have happened over hundreds of years. This is not a new game, you know, it's just a new face. And so looking at the long-term action that we need to take, a lot of that comes from deep pain, deep injustice, and allowing that to be felt completely so that we can make a more sustainable shift. We can regrow our shell in a new form that is more suited to the dynamics at play. Yeah, and I don't think it's lost on a lot of people that it's not just women's reproductive rights that Mm -hmm. are under attack and under threat. I mean, we literally had a Supreme Court justice make a statement about reevaluating gay marriage, reevaluating contraception rights. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's, It's a lot to process. And this is something I've been kind of getting, not that I didn't have any idea of how this was affecting everyone else, but I've been getting a crash course in the last few days about the scope of it and trying to really wrap my head around the scope of what this really means when we take away 
the, the fundamental right of someone being able to manage their own body and how that can lead to even darker I, mean, I don't know how it gets much darker than that but it can lead to just even more trauma you know and more regressive taking away of personal sovereignty and, and rights and whatnot yeah so, when we look at this happening during pride month as well huge yeah. slap in the face because the stonewall riots were started by transgender women of color right and yeah. this idea of bricks being thrown that literal jupiter and aries energy that fire that heat the ability to change your body as you see fit the the ability to kind of create life in a maternal sense, but also create your own life, be your own person, um, to have your shell and to not be criticized by it, to be yourself in essence. Um, and this, this whole idea of the multitude of communities that are being affected by the rippling of these decisions is the layers of metaphor are just right in front of us. Well, and let me also point out that Mars and Pluto are now applying to sure. a square as well. And I think one of the things that is really making me so frustrated and angry about this is that a lot of the arguments that are made by people that are in favor of the ruling that we saw this week are because of protecting life. But yet there are such a, a failing of taking care of the life that's you know, been born, you know, and, and such a failing of providing infrastructure to help people um, to be able to take care of those children that they inevitably now are going to be some of them forced to bring into the world. That's I think that's the thing that frustrates and angers me the most and realizing that it's it's just really a, an instrument of power and control. And, it, it, and that's what I see with this Mars Pluto square is we have this this action that is exposing the the corruption of the, the governmental system the, the very structures that we have been relying on quote unquote for hundreds of years that we have been fed as a as a mythology around what it means to be american great word <laughs> right <laughs> it's and as as i think that all of that has started to become uh, systematically stripped away as I've gone from a young person to a, to a person in my early 40s, you know, and it's happened in a very layered way. Like, it, it, I think that growing up in the 80s, there is a certain myth about America's role in the world that was crammed down your throat <laughs> in school and like history and all these things. And that little by little, as you become more aware of what that means in the global context, mm -hmm. um, it, it becomes harder and harder to, to continue to reconcile it. Uh, and we're at the point now where how does anybody reconcile it unless they're actively trying to oppress or suppress somebody? You know, and they're not even hiding that anymore, which is, that's, it, it, I don't know, they're not even trying to pretend like they're doing it, you know, so, right? Well, I think one of the things that I love about looking at transits is that every aspect is two aspects. So yeah. with this Pluto-Mars square, right, we have the past as represented by Pluto and Capricorn retrograde, the idea yeah. of that heavy, old, 
underworld, the old guard, right? Um, squaring life as we know it, the, the ability to move forward, the motivation to succeed, to, to forge our own paths through Mars and Aries. But then again, flipping that into the same but opposite, we have the mighty dead of our history, the people who made positive change in Pluto as well. They are part of our story too. Um, and Mars, the aggressive, the oppressing, the warmongering uh, type masculine forces that are at work right now, the white patriarchy of this scenario, it, it becomes a question of what are you fueling your moving forward with? When we look at traditional Chinese medicine, the idea of the element of wood and earth fueling that fire, that combustion. So are you using outdated, are you using outdated fuel? Like, are you basing your ability to navigate life, to move forward, to find passion and meaning on the backs of people that died for the wrong reasons? Or are you choosing to associate yourself with an ancestral lineage that is about unity, inclusion, and moving together as a society? Yeah, it's a, uh... I, I, in, in my processing of this news, I posted, <laughs> I, I apologize for my Instagram vibe the other day, but I posted a picture of the Supreme Court, like just rotting as zombies with a very intense, like Mars Volta track behind it, talking about, you know, their words as fecal in origin. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it feels like, you know, that decay of Pluto, that rotting institution mm -hmm. that isn't really serving the collective anymore. I mean, we have a, a court that was appointed by, you know, a, a very minority, right? A, a minority of, it's not what the majority of the, of the public wants. That's the, th the thing that really is starting to really grate at me is that you had a president that was elected not by the popular vote that was able to stack the court in his particular extremist viewpoint um it, you know in this very short period of time the the long-term damage that was done and it feels like that br entire branch of the government has become somewhat delegitimized uh mm -hmm. and and it was pointed out by my partner um that they passed a law regarding gun rights and the ability to uh carry open carry right. uh, before they they released this uh <laughs> roe v wade retraction um which also is a is a clear message to me that they are willing to arm people to be able to uphold whatever this extreme ideology is mm -hmm. right and this is what this i I got the conch today as my animal of the day. That's different than the animal for this new moon, but the right. conch is about sounding the alarm bell. So I, I apologize if I'm sounding the alarm bell too loud here, but I want to make it clear that if you are, if you care about this issue, I want you to be very careful out, out there right now, because the people that, that don't care about this issue that are trying to uphold white supremacy and things of those, that nature have been preparing for this type of moment by arming themselves to, they want violence. Do you know what I'm saying? They, they are craving it. And, and I, I, I kind of want to make that clear that 
the right doesn't care (laughs) about the violence. They want it, you know? And I I feel, and I'm sorry if I'm being too blunt about it today, but I'm worried about um, my friends out there on the the front lines of protest. And I, I hope that we can make that message clear of what we want in in a way that is um i don't know peaceful but strong does that make sense how can help me out here sam well so we talked about this a little bit before but the idea of it's it's a very different strategy to meet mars and aries and jupiter and aries head on yeah um from a cancerian perspective you will lose yeah um your water will boil, water will evaporate, and you will be left as a scorched earth. Um, However, you know, what cancer does very well, very well is connection. Mm. And so I am personally taking a lot of faith in seeing how this is a world issue. Um, Like America as the mythology of the superpower um, and how it's being viewed across the world, what we're doing right now, and the fact that it is being looked at so poorly and so many nations are realizing that, hey, America, are you are you okay? <laughs> and we can actually stand up and say with our cancer new moon, like, no. No, we're not. Absolutely, not okay. we are not. And we tried to not pretend okay. that we were for a long right. time. We try to project how functional we were, how affluent we were, how much we were able to protect other people and things of that nature. And it's okay. It is hard to admit, even as a Cancerian person on the microcosm, when I'm not feeling very well, because you want to be strong for others. So I can understand that impulse. But, you know, we're, we're at a point now where what it really boils down to, Sam, on a global scale, is are we going to be able to preserve democracy or are we going to fall into authoritarianism i think that's really what this boils down to as far as a bigger issue it's not just about women's reproductive rights it it is about authoritarian control versus democratic uh you know elections and being able to have a voice as a community Mm -hmm. and i love the idea of when we look at the four cardinal signs we have family we have business or professionalism we have war and we have justice and these are these are the four corners of our ring right now and you know cancer's cancer's at home cancer's circling the wagons and trying to soothe the hearts and bodies of those that are disrupted by this and you know aries is marching onto the battlefield and capricorn is trying to stabilize the economy um and libra is trying to rewrite uh legislation and all of them are trying to use their cardinality at different points for different purposes using different powers but at the same time it's it's not just us we are not alone in the story that's being told right now and i think that part of that darkness part of that depression part of that defeatedness is when we start to think well i can't do anything about this or nothing can be done um and really the solution is connection well and you you bring up a good point about utilizing the skill set that you have like we have a a circle here of of wholeness and there's different divisions of that 
And there's different roles that people are playing within this collective. And another thing I, I think I'll point out too is that oftentimes, and I, I think I admitted to this earlier, it's easy for a Cancerian to instinctually want to shut out the world until yeah. something personal happens to them. And I don't, while I don't think that Americans in general have ignored like the conflict with Russia and Ukraine, because it is having an effect uh, on America, um, inflation, all of those things. I think that this type of thing has triggered this more of a, a righteous response um, because it hits a little bit closer to quote unquote home. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's something that to be aware of with Cancerian energy too is, you know, it's easy to like just stick your head in the sand and be like, oh, well, I'm okay. <laughs> but like, and, and, and I've been guilty of this. I really try to check that part of myself quite often because it's, it's easy to do. Sometimes you have to do it for your own survival. But if you overdo that, you can just completely become like, you know, lost in privilege and lost in like uh, ignoring what's going on in the world. But it, it, as I have come to realize with environmentalism on some level, I tried to buy a farm not too long ago and because I wanted to escape the world. It was the Cancerian tendency to want to escape uh, yeah. and live in some kind of uh, utopia that doesn't really exist. This is the other thing about America is we, there's this utopia we are trying to attain from the past that never existed. <laughs> you know, like this, this, I believe Liz Green and Eric Neumann, who she's quoting, call it Ouroboric incest. Mm. This, this longing to return to this golden age that is only created in the mind. It's not, cre it's yeah. not really based on anything real. Um, and I've, I, in my story with trying to buy this farm, we ended up, the well that we would have been uh, drinking from ended up being half a mile down the stream from a, a toxic waste dump, like, oh right, where, where people were polluting had in the 70s had dumped 2,500 barrels of toxic like paint thinners in this like lady's farm. And it was still there. And it was still flowing into the water. And I oh. found like this failed water test. But it, long story short, it showed me that it's it, you cannot escape this. It is, there is nowhere to hide, you know? And that, that to me was a realization that, hey, you know what? You've got to try to do your best to make where you are, when you are, the best it possibly can be. There's no like other place that anybody is going to be able to go. There's not going to be, you can't move to Canada and expect like all your problems to go away. You know, which, you know, like it's, and I think that that's the thing too, instead of feeling like, I know a lot of people are probably feeling this right now, like, oh, I want to move, you know, I want to leave this, this country. And I've had that instinct sometimes, um, but it, it's just, no matter where you go, the, the forces of oppression and authoritarianism will find you and you have to work on, on that as a community. And this is, and the turn, here's the turnaround. You know, what, one thing I've seen since this, this, um, this, beyond all the righteous, righteous, very righteous indignation has been people offering up uh, different ways to like, you know, be able to attain the same bodily rights that, that they had before. You know, all of these outside the box thinking, like with getting mail order, like, like day after pills and things of that nature. Like there, there's, there's people that are already starting to mobilize and say, well, now that this has happened, how do we band together as a community to support one another? I, was, I saw like a, a sporting goods store said, we will fund 
you know, yeah. was really surprised. Dick's Dick's Sport. Dick's Sporting Goods. Right. I want. Yeah. We'll, we'll shout them out because when corporations like that are doing For things, sure. like, we need to name them. Like Dick's Sporting Goods is like we'll pay like five thousand dollars if you have if you had your reproductive rights taken away in your state to go to another state. And and I was like, wow, that kind of thing does give me hope because that those are the types of actions where you're banding together and supporting each other in your local communities, even if the bigger systemic forces are bearing down on you oppressively, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's, again, it's not a new story. Like this has been told in every myth, you know, the the rise of these forces clashing with each other. One of the yeah. things that I loved about your synopsis Spencer, as we were kind of talking about the notes, is one of the animals associated with this new moon being the scarab, um, yeah, yeah. a beetle who literally uh, makes the best of a shitty situation yeah. um, and literally brings life from the, the decay uh, of other people and uses it as both food and fuel to nourish the next generation. And I think that that resourcefulness is not an excuse for the the taking away of this dream of of the the kind of ideal home situation yeah. but understanding that connecting with archetypes that have um also been struck down another one that you talked about in your notes was medusa she mm -hmm. who is the patroness of all victimized women um and her aegis her shield gifted um by athena um all of those type of archetypes all of those forces of anti-oppression um they're all around us all the time and we can spiritually connect with them throughout this journey Absolutely. And that's a great segue for talking about the daimon or spirit of cancer one, all right, which we which we see in reflected in the two of cups here, which is a Venus ruled Deccan. Um, it's about partnership. It's about awareness of desire, awareness, emotional awareness of the other, right? We call this Sephira uh, in the Kabbalistic tree of life, um, Hokma, which is sort of that flash of insight of emotional insight. Um, but we're dealing with a deity called Nike in Cancer One. Um, and at, you had some really great thoughts on Nike and, and, and her role, um, the winged goddess of victory. What, tell us more about Nike, Sam. Yeah, so she's she's a very Mercury Hermes figure, except she's associated with Athena. Um, and when we look at her role and her, her kind of matronization, um, it's often associated with all forms of victory, whether that's sports or whether that's legislation. It is she who wins and the wings of victory. Um, and Nike is obviously swift, just like Hermes. She is a winged creature. Um, and she is often pictured holding the caduceus, the mm. staff of Hermes. Um, so also victory over illness and victory over medical medical issues um so might be a more appropriate figure as opposed to like if you're if you're used to working with uh saint expedus um that idea of working for quick resolution nike might be a better figure at this time uh to look at victory both in legislation over the feminine presenting uh face of the divine but also the idea of swiftness in in all forms of of winning yeah giving us that strength to 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 battle or to fight right on some level um 
Raven is saying, I don't know, I'm not sure if it's mentioned, but the scarab beetle has been used as image for, imagery for the sign of cancer in ancient Egypt. Yeah, Sam was pointing that out, Raven. That, um, and that the scarab beetle is that uh, a reflection of the immortality, because the scarab beetle is like a dung beetle, right? It, it would push this ball of like poo <laughs> like around. And it was actually, uh, they would lay their eggs in it and the, the life would just emerge from it. So it reflected the journey of the sun across the sky, like the scarab beetle pushing that circular, um, you know, life-giving entity. Because life would just emerge from this sphere that they were pushing around. So that, that's, yeah, it's definitely an interesting um, way of thinking about cancer as well. And, and of course, cancer is the, uh, the ascendant of the Thema Mundi. Um, it, it is a place of unity between body and spirit. Um, I believe it was also called the, the gate of, of life, uh, where, where spirits would come into this existence uh, on some level where Capricorn was the, the gate of death or something of that nature. Um, so it, it is a fertile place where things, things can be nurtured. There's a transition between Gemini and Cancer where Gemini is, I feel like Gemini is about choice, exploration for choice. And now Cancer says, well, here is, you, you figured out what is important to you. Now you have to nurture that to, to its full fruition, right? Um, okay, Sam. So one other thing, did we talk about the moon being out of bounds at all on this? No, go moon? for it. Yeah. So, so that's another thing that I was noticing, um, with this new moon and with the full moon in Capricorn that's coming up is there's a condition called out of bounds that I've been tracking recently, which it's related to the declination of the sun, the path of the sun. So I'm just going to make a drawing here, Sam, for our audience here. So this is, this is the path of the sun, okay? Here's the horizon line. And this is, the, this is the, uh, the path of the sun. You've got the ecliptic, okay? Let's call this the ecliptic, okay? You've got the path of the sun at the very northern end, and then you've got the path of the sun at the very southern end. And here we have the summer solstice where it rises to its highest point, and then here is the winter solstice when it's rising in its lowest point. And here is zero degrees of astrological latitude is right on the ecliptic. Path of the sun goes to 23 degrees and 36 minutes. So this would be north. And then it's the same south down here. Okay. Whenever a planet goes outside of this normal path of the sun, it's said to be out of bounds. The moon does it a couple times a, a month for about three or four days at a time. Mercury is going to be doing uh, an out-of-bounds journey from my birthday, July 7th, to July the 12th. What? Did you already have your birthday? Yours is early. Yeah, yours is early, right? You're Cancer 1. Yeah, 22nd. All right, well, happy belated birthday, my friend. And happy uh, early birthday. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, 22, master master number. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it now. Um, so, but But the moon is traveling outside of that path of the sun. And it's kind of like a, a maverick. It's not really um, beholden to the normal expectations of the realm. So the moon may be more extreme as far as its feelings. Uh, we may have more extreme swings of emotion. We may have more issues related to the body that are outside of the normal ways that we deal with the body. Um, when Mercury moves out of bounds, we may have discussions that are outside of the out of the norm and things of that nature. So it's, 
I, I really started to notice that a lot because I noticed that I get really emotional during the, during the moon out of bounds. I'm like, why do I feel this way? Why am I just like completely off with this? But um, maybe we can lean into that a little bit. So uh, t- tell me, see, you're good at this, Sam. Tell me more uh, ways to stay emotionally centered and to like let off that steam valve. Sure. I think a lot of it is going back to studying your natal chart because when we see a natal chart, it represents the entirety of a person. And yes, you may have major cancer placements, which we already talked about the caregiving side of cancer and exercising that in a way that is healthy, you know, but maybe you're noticing that there are other planets, other aspects in your chart that need to be fed, or your emotions are getting out of check because you've neglected these other pieces of the chart. So I think when we look at self-inventory, when we look at sensitizing during this new moon and feeling all the vulnerable parts of ourselves, parts that we've maybe sheltered or defended a little bit too much, you know, and coming back into connection and softness with those parts, I think, the best way to navigate some of those emotional upheavals is to be self-aware and to understand like, oh, there is anger here that needs to be vented. Oh, there is softness here that wasn't being respected. Oh, there is a drive to create. Oh, there is a need for new love or a new definition of a relationship. Oh, my business does need to shift gears into this direction so I can feel like I'm making a difference. Finding that outlet, but the outlet that's unique to you because one person's one person's self-care does not look like another person's. Um, And especially during this time when there are so many external reasons to feel internally unstable, you need to know the terrain before you can walk the terrain. Um, And that's a big part. But also like, you know, one of my teachers is really fond of saying the map is not the terrain, you know, just Mm. because you're looking at your chart, understand that, you know, just because you have sun in cancer doesn't mean you're going to do all the sun in cancer things or feel that sun in cancer is your only one and only placement that needs to be remediated. Instead, look at that bigger picture for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I've got, I'm on the uh, fire truck route here. yeah, it's be, being able to check in with yourself. I think it, 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 that's great advice, you know, being able to like have that self-awareness of when you might be getting uh, full, you know, like, yeah. right? That's, that's a very lunar kind of thing is we get full of light and then sometimes it has to, we, it has to go somewhere. It has to be disseminated. It has to be released. Um, Sam, we've got a few friends stopping in here that I wanted to shout out. We, our, our, fin, our Finnish friends, uh, hello, Finnish friends are listening later in the evening, popping in and out. So I wanted to acknowledge them. Hello, Susanna and Tarya and all those folks. Um, Laura has some good suggestions about how to to have um, autonomy uh, in these challenging times. So shouting Laura out here um, with uh, Saturn in the fifth house. So some some interesting uh, things going on there. And yeah, I, I acknowledge that there's different ways to have bodily autonomy. Um, but I think it goes deeper than that, and I, I want to. There's there are certain people that aren't do, do not have the same ability to have to, to utilize these alternative methods, um, and I don't know. I don't know how if I'm going to be able to talk about it as eloquently as I want to, um, but I think it's more about a 
it's very complicated is what I will say is there's a lot of different issues that come up with this regarding uh, freedom and, it, and it's not just specifically related to to reproductive rights and, and things of that nature so I'm not I won't dwell on that but um, Urania Universe is stopping in Portia is here today uh, so I wanted to shout out Portia Portia will be joining me on August 5th to talk about the full moon in Leo so uh, mark your calendars for that all right Sam let's see we've gone through the out of bounds moon we've talked about Jupiter and Aries uh, we've talked a little bit about cancer one um, it, here's a thought I wanted to throw out to you one of the things that they talk a lot about in Austin Coppock's book 36 faces in regards to this decan is the not only the uh the way that the moon nurtures others, but the, the reciprocity between uh, both mother and child, but also between like having to consume in order to provide. And I, and I, I would like to hear your thoughts on that um, as far as the, how the consumption and uh, nurturing type of relationship. Yeah, so this is something that we see a lot in a chart based on what phase somebody is in when they're born. Um, so as an example, I have new moon and cancer in my chart. And so when we see that the moon is dark, she is, she is hungry, she is lacking light, she is shadowed. And that allows for um, a withdrawal of feeling, the inability to touch with one's own feelings and the need to consume other people's feelings as their own to, to feel something. So this is manifested in my life as um, taking other people's opinions above my own because it's yeah. harder to connect with what you genuinely feel sometimes and instead to just go with the flow uh, and you know let it roll off you and just say, yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, but versus when we look at a full moon in a chart, somebody who's emotionally extroverted, somebody who has their heart on their sleeve, so to say, the idea that they are not in need as much of consumption, but instead are in need of that platform to speak, to care, to actively give of themselves. And so I think when it comes to understanding how much you need versus how much you give and where you are in that process, look at the moon phase of your chart and see how dark or how light your moon is. But just like one of the things that cancer, oh, oh, this is a good one. So I don't know how many other cancers in the chat can empathize with me over this one, but the idea um, that no matter how you choose to exist, your existence will always inconvenience other people. Mm. <laughs> and there is no right. way for you not to consume, to harm, to stand in the way of, to make someone angry, which is the last thing we want. The right. last thing we want is to end the life of another person, another creature, another, another thing that we could possibly connect with. It makes us feel just sick to our stomachs thinking about the idea that we, in some cases, we think that it's selfish to consume in order to survive. And I love that idea because it does bring us into the fold of understanding that you are repurposing resources. You are not destroying without cause or without merit. 
you're part of the cycle, part of the lunation, and you are here for a reason, but embodying that sovereignty is a solar aspect, not a lunar aspect. And so in some cases, that moon may need a little bit of, may need to reflect more of those solar rays to fully grasp that lesson um, of that give and take and how appropriate it is to, uh, acknowledge the cost of the good that you do in this world man there is there is a lot of reflection that could be had with that statement regarding the topics that we've been talking about today (laughs) so very wise um and and it you know it's been reflected in, in you know just switching gears a little bit even just like deciding what to eat you know in my in my own journey I've gone through different different phases of like being a vegetarian, being a vegan, eating meat, and like rec in reconciling the the consumption part of that. Yeah. And uh, it, it is it, it it's a lot to to think about. But but again, you, I love the point that you're making is that there is a law in physics about energy can neither be created nor destroyed. And like the fact that you're talking about repurposing energy in maybe a more balanced way. That speaks to me. That that feels like a, a really hit the nail on the head truth, yeah. and, and I think that that's something that we're going to have to reconcile with in our not only in our you know with with uh, the topics that we've been talking about today with reproductive rights, but with like wealth and equality and things of that nature too. Because we've w- what we're seeing is just some extremes happening that w- where where one faction of a society, a very small faction, is is taking more than their share. And you know, like that, and and causing lack for the the other. So how do we repurpose and redistribute and re-equalize on that regard too? Um, and how do we do that in our personal lives? You know, one of the things that also really really great discussion about the body and cancer. And for those of you who know my work, I'm very in the medical astrology world. That's a really big part of how my astrology and my body work kind of come together. And cancer is the sign of the stomach. It is yeah. the sign of how we ingest and the delight of food and nourishing ourselves and that first stop in the digestive process. And so cancer in a certain way is the sign of eating disorders mm-hmm. and the need to come to terms with the type of food you consume, how you choose to enjoy it, the cost of that food. And in some cases, the idea of control, Capricorn, the opposite side of, of cancer, um, is part of what fuels that that need to slim, that Saturnian need to be of without attachment um, and in order to control and to wither oneself to the least amount of, of kind of standing in the wayness uh, possible versus cancer who is traditionally a little bit more full, a little bit more round, a little bit more yin or excessive at her best. Um, and how do you find the balance between gluttony and deprivation, the idea between excess and deficiency, and how are you as a person taking into consideration, you know, a perfect example of this is work. You could work yourself to the bone. You could put in more hours, get more money, get more cash. Now, is that worth your health, your happiness, your connections, your relationships? Um, And is that really appropriate appropriate in the capitalist society that's just going to 
not feel the difference of that kind of economic impact of you starting your own business and hitting a ceiling without enslaving other people to do your work and climbing that corporate ladder. Like, how do we choose the middle ground between what we consume, how we enjoy, and the need to deprive ourselves and others of their process? Yeah, and that's going to, you know, you're anticipating the full moon in Capricorn three and the sun being in the third decade of Capricorn or of cancer, because that theme is really, really poignant in the third decade of cancer is when is enough enough? Like what, how do we say no when we're full, you know, when we've satiated ourselves, like I, I have mercury in this, this decade the third decade there. And that's been one of the challenges that I've often faced is I love to eat. And I, I, it's yeah. it's it's incredible that I still I have that I have a very fast metabolism. That's you're that's a the, stick. Spencer. That's the you're only reason. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason. Like, but but what I will say though is that as I get older and my metabolism starts to slow down, I've had to make different choices, mm-hmm. and I I am obsessed with being healthy. So I, I do eat very healthily, but I just love food. I love yeah. it, and I have to really work on saying I've had enough. I, now it's time to stop. You know, stopping is very difficult. And I and I I think that the point I want to make with that is a lot of that was trauma informed. Like when I was yeah. growing up, um, we didn't always have enough to eat. Yeah. Um, and and you know, even though like parts of my family were very affluent, I grew up with a single dad for a long period of time, mm-hmm. and we had to stretch food. And oftentimes he would eat really fast and I'd be having to like eat really fast to compete with him to get enough food. And that, you know, that awareness has helped me say, you know what, that's not the situation now. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to compete for food. And it's a, I don't know. I just thought that that's something we're going to have to ask ourselves as a collective too, is when is enough? What is enough? When have we satiated our own desires then how can we share our excess, right? How can we share with people who don't have enough and, and whatnot? So that's something that I think we're really going to have to reconcile that that full moon energy yeah. um, because that moon is going to be conjoining Pluto. And we'll get to that in a second. But that's it's going to really show us about the haves and the have-nots. I think one thing we have because of our focus on just the, the processing the news about reproductive freedom and things of that nature, um, we're, we're kind of almost ignoring the fact that we're really heading towards a really difficult, maybe recession type of energy mm-hmm. with um, the lack of, with food insecurity and food prices going way up and, and inflation and things of that nature. So figuring out how to, to feed ourselves in a, in a time period like this is a question that will be on our minds also. Um, do you have thoughts on that and, 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 and that, how, how do we deal with that challenge as well? Yeah. And I love, well, I don't love it, but I love to lean back and see the astrology of it, of like all of these issues and all of these maternal rights being taken away and all of these body autonomy rights being taken away while there's a formula shortage. Right. Um, And so we have this, we have all of this. And I think it comes back to the idea of like, right now our stomachs are empty. And uh, that is also the worst time to go grocery shopping, by the way. Um, Grocery shopping as a metaphor for like choosing how to act and to choosing what to build next. You don't do that on an empty 
stomach people. No. And right now, new moon and cancer, our stomachs are completely empty. So love those food analogies. But I think for, for me, I had the opposite experience of you, uh, Spencer, where we had plenty, but my mother attached her self-worth to her thinness and yeah. so would skip meals and uh, criticize our bodies. And I would see that as the norm to be skinny, to be deprived, to feel hungry, to almost as a sense of nobility. Um, you can't, you can't help others if you are, if you are not physically attractive. Mm-hmm. And that whole dynamic of all of those kind of toxic lessons of cancer as well. And cancer can be really picky and really judgy um, and really conditional in its love Mm -hmm. at its worst. Um, And right now is a time to be unconditional about it's about the love that we give. So I think right now, although I I don't want to speak too much on the full moon, but the idea of right now, like we just need to be tapping into all of the heartstrings at this time and evaluating those sensitive points so that we can then collectively move forward with all of us instead of parts of us. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, very well said. Very well said. Um, I, I, I agree 100%. And trying to, that's something that is that really touches my my heart as well as is people having enough to eat i think that this is a theme with cancer in particular and this is a reason why you know america even they try to pretend that they're like feeding the world like you know like and some of it is genuine i i will say that, that there's some of that is genuine care but it's been it's been you know presented to us in this like savior complex type of thing with I'm thinking of all these commercials where you too could feed a child in Africa or something like that right for 10 cents a day exactly (laughs) oh my god those cringy commercials so good um the height of the 90s guilt oh my god in those commercials but how, but how much hypocrisy is it when we can't so even much. do it? Like we can't even feed our own citizens and take oh, care of our own citizens. Right? I saw a, um, a, somebody posted the other day from a working at a food bank, working at a charity. And they were like, yeah, it's so great that you donate your cans to all of these big kind of food bank companies and all of these big kind of feeding the world companies. However, it costs more to ship those cans than it does to buy them locally. So a lot of your cans are only supposed to feed your local community, not to be shipped and moved and transported. So the idea of grassroots efforts being so important and working on your own backyard at this time, kind of that new moon internalized uh, energy is definitely where the vibe is. Absolutely. And I'm just, I'm thinking about that Sarah McLachlan song and how much it's used in like adopt a pet commercials right (laughs) dangerous pity right and 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 you know what that's another thing to keep an aware of with cancerian archetypes in this new moon is the the guilt button the guilt card that cancer will play and play often i i am guilty i am guilty of this so guilty (laughs) emotional blackmail at its oh my god there's no there's nothing like a cancer's ability like the mother to to um, like you said that i love that word emotional blackmail you know (laughs) like so be aware that that's entirely possible during this period of time and try to just you know utilize that energy in a way that's more balanced you know it doesn't have to be 
manipulative, right? Because there may be a temptation to manipulate people because of the contacts with Pluto and everything. But ultimately, what you have to do is look in the mirror and say, am I trying to manipulate this person to conform to what I want them to be so I feel safe? Or do I really care about their their ultimate well-being? Do you see what I'm saying? A lot of the a lot of the toxic, guilt trippy, conditional love that cancer gives is because of lack. Right. And we see this a lot. Um, I'm reading a book right now called uh, it doesn't start with you or it didn't start with you about the epigenetics of family inheritance Mm. um, and people living family trauma through their genes. And one of the things that this author talks about, I can't, I'm so bad at remembering authors' names, um, but the idea of understanding that your, your personal need to influence emotionally um, or how you choose to be influenced emotionally by the connections around you is often due to something that is unfulfilled. Mm. So with this new moon, really sensitizing yourself to the fact of where you lack, what cups are empty, you know, those those two of cups, like you can't give from an empty cup. You can't recognize the other if the other is full and you are empty and you are just one jealous m- mother, you know, and that being such a... a and again, the power dynamic of you're full, I am not. Um, you have something I do not. Um, you you are the other. And that, that whole back and forth of the idea, um, I think that investigating the conditional love of cancer and the unconditional love that cancer should embody is, is part of this discussion too. It's, it's funny how, how much we're on the wavelength here, uh, Sam. I'm reading a book called The Body Keeps the Score. Oh, I love that book, for sure. <laughs> so very similar themes about how trauma can inform, you know, the, the way that we, that we act and the relationships with our bodies and all of these things moving forward. So, yeah, I, and, you know, you're, you're, you have Mercury and Gemini, right? Okay, so so your Mercury is working better than mine today. <laughs> my, my Mercury and Cancer is trying to wade through like layers and layers and layers of emotion today, yeah. um, because I'm feeling riled up about all this stuff. So I, I apologize if I'm not as articulate as I would normally be. Um, but but yes, being able to oh that's the point I was going to make. Um, oftentimes, what Cancerians will do is give t- to the point where now we resent the giving. And I think that it's the other thing I would say is it's important for you to, to practice that self-care and to take care of yourself and to, to, you know, get what you need so that you can be a balanced giver, right? Because right. I think that that's, that's one of the things that I notice about myself is if I've given past the point of where I feel comfortable, I start to get angry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the idea of hangry, the idea yeah. of you are hungry and angry because you are hungry. Oh, yeah. Also, That's me. physical deficiencies. <laughs> like I, I've literally seen clients where they're losing hair, their yeah. nails are brittle and broken, their skin is starting to dry out. And they're like, I don't understand. I'm like, honey, when was the last time that you actually sat down to a good meal? Right. And it's always this sob story of, oh, you know, so many things are happening and pulling me away from me. And I'm like, yeah. They are, you know, but choices, baby, yes. choices, you know, in, in the moment, 
We need to take care of ourselves so that our shell doesn't become fragile and broken so that we can accurately go to bat for other people. Say it louder, Sam. Say it louder. (laughs) Say it louder. I have these cancer lessons I have sat with and I have cried over and I have beat I have let them beat me into a pulp over and over again. And I'm just I'm so passionate about the idea of this sign and all of the all of the juice we can squeeze out of what it means to be cardinal water. Um, And I think we can do that with all the signs, but obviously you should start with your own. Absolutely. And we're getting a really nice comment from Claire, Aligning Light Astrology. It says, I want to send this whole talk to my Cancer Rising former partner and my mother, (laughs) because, but they are both muggles. Thank you for this validation. Yeah, it, it is, you know, when we recognize these archetypes and the people that we've grown up with and that have shaped our lives, you know, that's one of the really great gifts of astrology is that awareness and that clarity. And even if they don't see it, just you having that knowledge and being yes. able to understand where they came from is so valuable. Um, because then it, it, what you can do is have empathy for them. You know, even if they were part of the people that created the trauma, mm-hmm. um, because you understood maybe where maybe that came from, that can start the healing process. It doesn't justify it it doesn't mean that you you subject yourself to any form of abuse but the healing process starts somewhat from i think understanding and empathy and and things of that nature so um i'm glad that that uh yeah in lining lights talking about showing them uh healthy cancer embodiment well we try i think we're 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 good we're good stuff here sam and i i hope uh you know we have our flaws for sure but um i think that one of the things that you know, you and I talked about Sam is how do we hold space for us a a really um, suffering collective right now, and I think that that's the that was our main goal here today, and that's what we're trying to do. And you know, Claire over there is a Capricorn, so we're we're <laughs> hopefully the balance we're the balance over there trying to to bring um, harmony and balance to the force here. Um, okay, and oftentimes I will say the one final thing I'll say in, in regards to what Claire's talking about. Oftentimes, if we have an extreme version of an archetype that we grow up with, we end up embodying the opposite. And so if we had a really uh, toxic cancer in our life, you know, embodying that Capricorn sense of boundary and sense of, you know, structure uh, is is can can be healthy. That can be a healthy way to to restore balance to your own experience. Um, So I I think that that's (laughs) and, and. I'll, I'll tell you what, Claire, my daughter's a Capricorn too. So uh, she's potentially reacting to me. <laughs> so I don't know what that says about me, but um, I think oftentimes we have relationships like that, that balance us in our life, right? I often think that astrology is the art and the science of context and interpreting that context. And I really, I really love discussions like this where we can kind of be like, you know, how helpful can this be in this moment while acknowledging like you fucked up? Yep, exactly. And we all fall short of the glory. So I think that it's all, it's always an, a learning uh, opportunity um, for learning and for, you know, changing and reshifting and uh, re-alchemizing um, mm-hmm. the, the way that you go about your life. I think that that's, that's what we have as an opportunity here too, you know, uh, it, collectively is, is an opportunity to re-alchemize how we've been doing things. Pluto's bringing up the ugly underbelly 
But ultimately, many of the uh, many of the uh, literature surrounding Pluto talks about being able to have a rebirth after the exposure to the light of the of the corruption that's been repressed. So that gives me a little bit of hope also. The underworld, in addition to being a place of the dead, is also where all of the lost and buried treasure is kept. And so when we look at descending into the roots, into the underground, you know, it is often where the pieces of ourselves that need the most tender, loving care, the parts that have forgotten, the shadows that are now monsters, you know, because of neglect, because of lack of awareness, because we've tried to shut them out, because we've tried to bury them six feet under, you know, a lot of times the zombies that come into our lives that we view as monsters or enemies are actually just parts of us that are calling for healing. Absolutely. 100%. And, and thank you, Remco, in the chat here for your super sticker. I appreciate your, your support. Um, okay, so Sam, let's move forward here. Uh, let's talk a little bit. Let's just br- touch briefly here on the, the quarter moon okay. on July 6th. This is the day before my birthday. <laughs> so this is pretty reflective of my solar return, actually, although the moon in my solar return is going to be right on Spica, so I'll take yeah. that. That's fine. Sure. <laughs> I dig it. But we, we have a 14-degree Libra moon um, squaring the 14-degree-ish, very close to 15-degree Cancer sun. Um, what are you thinking here as we're as we see the unfolding of this energy and maybe the the material crisis point of the lunar cycle that like Dane Rajar would say? Well, I think for me, the big thing is is rulership at this time, right? Um, so the moon is being ruled by Venus, who's still trying to have discussions in Gemini versus Mercury. The ruler of that Venus is still is uh, being ruled by the moon. Um, and these discussions are becoming a little bit too emotional. Um, they're becoming a little bit uh, a little bit jaded would be a good way to to say it. Um, although that Libra moon wants nothing more than to keep the peace and to find the balance and to make that trine with Venus and let everybody know that everything's going to be okay. You know, feelings don't go away overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's just still going to be rather messy, albeit, now that Mars is ducking into Taurus and starting to be ruled by that Venus and Gemini as well, I think people will be more likely to face the stubborn reality of what's in front of us while um, instead of just charging ahead or kind of creating fiery passion, we're going to see a lot more of that tuning in and turning in and kind of having to deal with those emotions instead of sweeping them under the rug because they're not going anywhere. Yeah, we're, we're just coming off of that square with Mars yeah. and Pluto, right, which will perfect on July the 1st. And the Mars, the, the big shift in energy, sorry, I didn't uh, put this out there first, is we have Mars and Mercury moving into new signs on the 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Mercury, as you were pointing out, has a role in this conversation. Um, on the 2nd, it trines Saturn and also squares Neptune. Okay, and then it goes under the beams the next day on the third. So getting ready for that rebirth, that Kazemi moment, um, that new download potentially. Uh, I, you know, I'm seeing an, another thing I'm seeing with this square. This Deccan is related to uh, binding contracts and oaths. Um, so it's a Saturn ruled Deccan. So 
it may be an awareness of all the, the things that we're bound to. I could see that there'd be a lot of discussions around law around this time period as well. I just, I can't shake the thought that, and this is maybe just my wishful thinking, but if one of your branches of your government is d somewhat dysfunctional, potentially another branch might be able to, this is way hopeful thinking <laughs> based on what we've seen, but there maybe there's another avenue through legislation to restore some of the rights that people have been stripped of. Um, yeah, I mean, I love the idea of rewriting laws yeah, while yeah. there's an air trine with the moon and Venus. I think yeah, that yeah. that's lovely, uh, for sure. Yeah, and, and Venus is on a fixed star called Rigel. So this is a, a really exploring many different options. Um, this is the first step towards humility, actually, with mm -hmm. that fixed star was in the foot of Orion, stepping into the river Eurydonis as he you know, kind of shifts his journey towards the, the constellation Hercules, which mm -hmm. was the kneeling one, learning from experience. So maybe this is a first step into that direction. Um, I don't know if it's like everything's solved by now. <laughs> Absolutely not. But yeah, I don't but, think so. But maybe it's a first step in that direction. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So as we move forward through and just kind of get to our full moon here, um, we are going to see on the next day, Happy birthday to Spencer on July 7th. Uh, <laughs> birthdays have been weird lately. I don't know. This is, It's always a strange experience. But the one thing I did want to point out here is that we've been talking a little bit about the out-of-bounds things, but this is when Mercury starts heading out of bounds. Mm. So maybe the discussions that we have around legislation or finding balance and restoring harmony leads to some talk uh, that is outside the norm and maybe some solutions that are outside the norm. To me, Mercury is a planet that questions. So when it's out of bounds and in Cancer, to me, that's asking the question of like, how do we nurture ourselves? What what will support us? And maybe we have to think outside the box with this on some level as yeah. well. Um, and then in the ninth, okay, we're rounding the corner here. On the ninth, there is a square between Mercury and Jupiter. Uh, any any advice for that that little square that we're seeing? Um, I think this is going to be more mental friction over what already occurred because Mercury's under the beam, so is not necessarily in the forefront, is more in the shadows, and it's more just this kind of doubling down on like, I have been wronged, I have been made vulnerable, we shouldn't have to do this. Right. Um, and that that type of friction, which I mean is already in the collective space, but I think it's just new layers of that onion kind of unfolding and making us tear up again. Well, and the moon will be out of bounds again on the 10th through the 14th. So get ready to feel your feelings after that Mercury uh, Jupiter square. And then as we move towards the full moon uh, on the 13th, we have two aspects here. Um, we have uh, Venus trining Saturn uh, from 25 or 24 degrees of Gemini and Aquarius. And then I'll go straight to the, the lunation here so you all can see it. Um, there it is. And the full moon will be happening at 21 degrees of Cancer and Capricorn reflect, uh, respectively. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> any quick thoughts on this full moon as how this new moon cycle may uh, come to fruition? Um, unfortunately, because Mercury is still behind the sun, there's going to be a loss for words. Um, actions are going to be more important because Capricorn is a very kind of tangible, grounded 
energy. So we really need to understand that slow and steady wins the race. Little bite, how do we eat an elephant? One bite at a time. With Saturn being retrograde and Aquarius, it's going to be seeing the bigger picture here and really embodying that kind of like, you can't, you can't rile me up at this stage because I am all out of feelings and I am all about doing. Mm -hmm. um, and in some ways it will be very unconscious thought that's motivating us uh, at this point. So I think as the moon kind of takes over and puppets us towards um, puppets us towards the actions and those initial stage, stages of planting seeds, it's really going to be waiting for that Mercury Cassini that I think we see the insights truly rolling in um, and the aha moment starting to collect and codify. Yeah, I, I agree. I think one other thing to keep an eye out for this is that that third decan of Capricorn shows a figure that's kind of hoarding resources. Mm -hmm. So we talked about uh, Hesed and in the 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 earthly realm, Hesed is like, you know, trying to block <laughs> manifestation by hoarding them and saying, what is enough uh, physically? I think there could be also impulses to try to um, hoard resources around this period of time. And it may be through feeling a, a scarcity that we see through the sun in Cancer uh, 3 as well. So be real careful about that impulse because that could lead to some Plutonic energy as well with uh, the moon applying to Pluto here um, and Pluto opposing the sun. Um, I, I've seen some weird things happen with the sun and Pluto in particular. Uh, a few summers ago, that, that aspect um, reflected some of the, the crackdown on protesting in Portland um, and the unmarked vehicle protests, uh, kidnapping of protesters and things like that. So can you um, go forward to that uh, yeah. Sun-Pluto opposition? Yeah, let's take a look. Because I'm sure it's, yep, it's right by the Kazemi. Yeah, yeah Right exactly. by it. Yep. So tasty. Right. Um, and this is what we're talking about. Revelation coming to light, the mind and emotion starting to align with the ego. And then as we choose to act, who is there to greet us but our past? Right. Um, and the opposition that that creates. And I think that... You know, although it will be during a time where we'll see that trying to Neptune as well. Some people will just literally choose to get stoned about it right. um, and just kind of uh, transcend through uh, addiction and other methods of yeah. kind of escapism. Other people will be kind of hitting those walls head on and just being like, how can I how can I take care of myself and others in the midst of such a uh, kind of backwards oppressive structure? Absolutely. And uh, yeah, the, the, the temptation to just uh, melt into the couch in a, in a purple haze of smoke is definitely, I understand that. Um, that. That's always been my experience of Neptune is just melting into a puddle when there's been sort of aspects with that. But I would encourage those of you out there like, you know, take care, take care of yourself, do what you need to do to feel to release some of the anxiety, but then get clarity again. If you get lost in that escapism, that what that does is that codifies the the oppressor on some level because they've already won if you've given up. You know what I'm saying? And they're, they're I don't know. But again, the idea of meeting the challenge head on, I yeah. don't think is I don't think is the the go to. I no. think sidestepping into the watery elements and connecting, feeling 
engaging emotionally, um, spiritually, even yeah. kind of that that hex the patriarchy type of type of vibe where it's connecting to your higher powers, um, connecting with the people in your own backyard, uh, love as opposed to kind of opposition and choosing that kind of softer, more yin realm because water always finds the path of least resistance. Yeah. So if you're finding that resistance being too much of an obstacle, sidestep it um, and instead let your actions carry you around the obstacle. In true Cancerian form, right? I mean, those those crabs go sideways, backwards. I mean, we're we're rarely direct. <laughs> this this conversation today has been an exercise in skirting around things directly. I think we've done pretty well. This is, I mean, I'm learning how to be more forward about things, um, and not have to like be like, mm, well, this offend this person. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, but I think that. Sam and I have been pretty clear today on where we stand with some of this st stuff, I think, right? As far as like, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words now. I'm going to move forward here to the, uh, sorry. This has been amazing, Sam. I'm uh, running out of steam here today. It's okay. Uh, it's a weekend. Usually the weekends, I'm kind of like, oh, my brain checks out. I feel like I'm on the couch. Uh, <laughs> with that, that I'm, I'm uh, got that Mercury Kazemi trying Neptune in my brain already. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're getting to the point where Spencer's uh, light is his food tank is getting low. <laughs> For sure. So, so let's go ahead and we'll. It's been right. a pleasure to be on the couch with you. Today. Yes, yes, my my friend as well. It is a always a pleasure. So let's power through to the to the end here, sure. and thank you all who have been in the chat today too. Um, I appreciate all of you. I appreciate all of your comments. Um, you know, Sam and I have been really focused on what we've been doing today, but I see your comments and I acknowledge all of the wonderful contributions that you have here in the chat. And uh, thank you so much for that participation. Um, the, the animal that we have today is the, the jellyfish. I thought that was a, a pretty appropriate. And I actually saw one in my Instagram feed. I sent this to Sam before we got him like, look at, there it is, you know, like animals and synthesizers, uh, like these just little, you know, I don't know, what are they, man of wars or whatever, Medusa. Yeah. Some of them are called, literally called Medusa, Medusa right? The <laughs> of yeah, excellent. Um, but you know some of the the themes around jellyfish first of all they don't have many of them don't have brains so this could be, reflect i think maybe getting out of our head and getting into our our heart and maybe flowing with things um stop forcing things going with that the current the flow um they also are able to reproduce themselves after maybe sustaining an injury so maybe going back to the beginning, going back to our roots, right? Go back to that polyp stage and finding out what is, what is seminal and what is important. Mm -hmm. um, returning to relaxation after stress. Uh, this is something that really resonated with me because that just if you've ever been to one of those big jellyfish tanks, just watching them just float around, it's very relaxing. It's very like, oh, there's peace, right? Um, and, and faith during trying times was some, another theme that they talked about in my research on the jellyfish. What do, you, what do you think about the jellyfish as a symbol and how that might be speaking to us here? I normally associate the jellyfish with Pisces because of how permeable it is, but I love its association with cancer because 
at the end of the day, there are very dangerous jellyfish and there's that cardinal kind of thorn barb of cancer uh, kind of coming through with its with its mama bear need to protect, acquire um, and defend its own interests. Sting, yeah, the stingers, right? Um, yeah. Fun thing, fun fact about jellyfish is that there are several species that will make their homes inside of the jellyfish as a sort of symbiosis. Um, and it's also an asexual reproducer. So when we find the, the idea of sexuality being just like everything else, the, uh, the jellyfish does is ambiguous slightly, um, but it is still, it is still kind of this half in half out uh, kind of blurry, one with the ocean, but still its own entity, um, yet still self-sufficient, still still kind of gently propelling forward. Um, but if you run into it, it's your own damn fault uh, type of. So you're you're in Florida, right? You've had experience. Yeah. Oh with yes, this. yeah, lots. They're lots. painful. Like they are so yeah. painful. They are nasty, nasty, right. nasty. So that I think there's symbolism there too of like running into our own pain. Also, like you know what I'm saying, like. Uh, you know, it, it seems like this innocuous thing floating around, but if you get tangled up in it, it's <laughs> it's paralyzing. Um, so I think that, the, go ahead, yeah. Oh, oh, one of the things that I wanted to say in terms of the animal, though I like the jellyfish, I also mentioned this earlier when we were chatting, the idea of the crab molting its shell and becoming soft and vulnerable as yeah. also a really good kind of metaphor for that jellyfish-like um, structure where you need to kind of protect yourself during that time of, of softness and, and vulnerability, but at the same time, understanding that, you know, hardness will return um, and that that defense will start to kind of repopulate after the new moon when we get more into the, the hardness of Capricorn. Absolutely. I, I've, I've stepped on a few jellyfish. My, my mom and I used to spend some time in the Florida Keys mm -hmm. and they have those little blue, uh, or the man of wars or man of wars. yeah they're everywhere and you step on one of those on accident and you're like oh boy that's a that's that's yeah. quite a, a bunch of pain but mm -hmm. um i wanted to thank taria and lynn for the super stickers thank you so much for your support um very much appreciate you high five to you as well and thank you for supporting the show here and thank you for all these wonderful comments um we've got one more divinatory piece for you before we wrap for the day and that's the I Ching uh, and the I Ching that I pulled for today was number 11 and it was moving to number 57. Number 11 is it tr roughly translates to peace, harmony, smoothly flowing, a lot of these jellyfish themes we were talking about, prosperity, the, the union of high and low and, and potentially things going well. This um, We were talking about this hexagram earlier it actually is a very balanced hexagram. It's about balance. It has three yin lines and three yang lines. So it is perfectly balanced of heaven and earth above and below and things of that nature. And we were talking a little bit about sometimes to create peace, you have to, to in a yin way, you have to take yang action, right? T talk a little bit more about that concept with yeah. this. I loved how you put it because often when we think of like peace and relaxation times, we think of letting go, but it takes effort to create that peace. And back to the idea of gardening, like anybody who knows, you have to be constantly vigilant about your garden to ensure that harvest. So although like enjoying the cornucopia of, of benefits that you will eventually receive, it takes a lot of work to kind of foster and nurture that peace. Absolutely. And that's some of that is reflected in the three lines that we had changing here. 
and I'll read them. Line number one says, when, <clears throat> excuse me, when reeds of grass are pulled up, other roots of the same kind come with them. To set forth brings good fortune. So this, ref this line really reflects potentially working together for the common good, um, having some kind of sound plan, deciding on a worthy goal and mobilizing towards it. This is something that I think Sam and I have been kind of uh, pointing towards throughout our talk today is that, you know, to be able to work together with our, our, our local communities is really important, especially in these times where the macrocosm is, is challenging. Um, line number five says, the sovereign ye gives his daughter in marriage. This brings blessings and supreme good fortune. Now, this line is about giving support, but through modesty and humility. And I, I've, I've been utilizing this quote about modesty and letting go of arrogance um, on this channel regarding the, the hexagram number 15, humility. But they talk about modesty not necessarily in the traditional uh, Christian way of like maybe potentially meekness, but, but related more about modesty is not seeing your ego as more important than the work itself mm -hmm. and being able to surrender to what is necessary to get the, the, the higher purpose done. That, that is the modest way of going about things. I think that that's really, that really speaks to me with this, this particular um, changing line because the work that needs to be done now needs to be, it's more important than you. It's a, it's a collective action, um, but you do need to take care of yourself and make sure that your vehicle, your vessel is strong to be able to, to endure and go the distance with things like this. Um, that, that humanness, that yeah. humility. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so reaching out in the spirit of service will, will win support was another thing that I wrote down with that line. And then the final line really, I think, reflects the interesting nature of the I Ching. It, it never really fails to, I never fail to find truth with it. Uh, and this is line number six. It says, the city walls fall back into the moat. Use no army now. Issue commands only within your own city. Perseverance brings humiliation. So to me, this is, they, they, they reflected on a, a time of peace and harmony actually nearing the end. Like this is what you learn in Taoist philosophy is that every extreme has the, uh, the seed of its opposite planted, right? So if we've been experiencing a peace, peaceful time, this, the seed of unrest and chaos and, and decay is planted within that and that's just that needs to be accepted as part of the cycle that doesn't mean we don't do anything but it, it is part of the natural way of things right so there's always going to be times of peace and that sometimes those are going to give way to times of challenge and we're seeing a period of decline i mean we're heading towards an election cycle which i've always fear now, <laughs> I always get anxious about it. Although I'm grateful that we still have elections and we're probably gonna have to do a lot more work to ensure that we are able to have those free elections moving forward. So that, that is another part of our work. Um, but it's difficult fighting the laws of change. And I wrote down in my notes, violent opposition is the wrong strategy in the times of decay. It only exhausts your resources and can lead to humiliation. And I think that reflects what we've been talking about, about the challenge between the Aries placements and the, the Cancerian placements. Um, it says the wise fisherman stays safely in port when there, there is a storm. Cultivate, oh. right? So that, yeah, that was, that was a great one to me. 
which again, it does not mean just not doing anything. It means that, that for, for the, the purpose of self-preservation, like I was talking about earlier, you're going to have to be um, somewhat indirect about this as well. There's going to have to be, uh, we're going to have to tackle this issue from multiple different perspectives and mm-hmm. to endure. So to withstand stagnation, it's important to exercise self-control and strengthen the ties with your inner circle. I think we've been preaching that today is when you are, you can't trust uh, the, the macrocosm, the system, that's when things become relocal, localized and that you really like take care of your neighbor. You make sure that people have enough to eat in these periods of, of lack. You check in on your, you know, the elderly neighbors that you have that, I don't know if they're, I, I was talking about heat waves that were coming potentially and checking in on people if they have, you know, uh, an ability to stay cool and things like that. So all of those things can lead to good outcomes. Um, wh- anything that sticks out to you with these changing lines before we talk about the last hexagram here? Um, I, the image with the reeds being pulled up, I love the idea of the dandelion seeds scattering as well, kind of spreading the message. Um, spreading the seeds. Uh, and then I love the the idea of just the individual pushes of hostility, like you don't fight fire with fire. That's not what we should do here. Instead, it's, it's rest, it's cultivation, like the storm analogy, you know, now is the time for you as the fisher person to be mending your nets, networking with other people at the market to make sure everybody else is safe as well, to be doing good deeds when you're in your off time, you know, and that builds community and that builds a stronger business. If you work, work, work all the time or try to push yourself when the iron is not hot to strike, like you will eventually be wearing yourself out. Well, that takes back power, doesn't it? Right? Yeah. When, when we feel disempowered by the systems that are supposed to support us, we have to take that back and, and be that support system for each other. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's a, that's, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. The last hexagram that we have here is number 57. It's called gentle influence, compliance, humility, gentleness, penetrating it's related to the wind and the persistence of wind how wind just gently blows and but continues to blow it it is touching every part of the landscape so as we've been talking about today a persistence is going to have to be taken on to 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 make necessary changes in the in the collective in the community um you know this is like gathering up signatures on like you know uh what am i Jeez, my brain is not working today. Sorry, Sam, running out of steam. Petitions, right? Like to get things on the ballot. If if in your particular state that is up for debate, like in Michigan, like people were collecting signatures for codifying reproductive rights in the the state constitution rather than the the national one. So there may be some things where we have to kind of be persistent with this over time. Um, And, you know, cancer season gentleness wins out kindness i think can win out like we can envelop people with with the with the kindness that we have and with our emotional support as well um any other things to add to that as we wrap up here well i think one of the things that i saw was like um a lot of people are talking about how politicians right now are bringing poems to a gunfight Mm. um and i think that Although that is an accurate analogy, and although you know you can't fight uh, that that kind of aggression with 
the certain level of kindness, you can redirect that kindness to bolster a network with systems of support that are stronger in the long run. So again, it's it's about playing the tortoise game, you know, mm. not the hare game, and mm. that type of that type of energy that is more collective and stable and steady and steadfast. Absolutely, very well said. Well, Sam, this has been a pleasure. Uh, always enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you for carrying me today. <laughs> My, Not at all. You know, the, I don't. Is Mercury under the beams right now? Is it, I think it is right now as well. So, <laughs> um, but thank you all for joining us today. Uh, make sure that you find Sam at sambellier.com, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, and Sam has a really interesting gardening class where he's going to take you through the signs and take you through uh, some of the, I mean, you can speak about it once more if you want. Tell us a little bit more about this. Yeah, it's just a magical gardening growing through the Zodiac online class where we'll be cultivating understanding of ourselves and the planets and the land through a more hands-on uh, approach. And in some ways, magical and astrological approach to kind of everyday uh, green thumbing. Nice. And when does that start? That starts beginning of January. So registration is okay. open. Um, I have the link on uh, Facebook as well as uh, if you're interested, just message me and I'll send it to you directly. Perfect. Okay. So support Sam, sign up for the class. Uh, you can also sign up for the Decans of Cancer webinar that's going to be happening on July the 16th. I would love to see all of you there. Once again, thank you all for your support today. Please like this video, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the newsletter, where, whatever you can do. And most of all, in these times, take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to one another. We'll get through this as a community. So that's what I've got for you, my friends. Have a good one today, and we'll see you later. Peace.